Gracious Heavenly Father, we are in a place to worship God here this morning, and so let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that uh, the work was done on the cross to facilitate us having access to your throne. Uh, Not only access to your throne, but to uh, facilitate us one day uh, being able to be uh, with you again. And we thank you for the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. And today we pray that as we take the bread and as we take the juice that we uh, symbolize your your sacrifice that was made and that we celebrate it today that we remember that all of these things are a reminder that you will return to take us home one day and so today we we celebrate that and we ask you to uh, impart to us that which your sacrifice came to do bring healing to our bodies restoration to our minds that we may experience the fullness of your presence we ask for this in your name Amen. Worship with us as we uh, partake together.
never going to let us down as we were singing that today I just began to have this um, this feeling as if some of you feel like God's let you down that you are you're frustrated with life you're frustrated with things about your faith you're frustrated with things about um, home, work. There's just all these different pieces that you've had no control over. And uh, 
there was even a portion of time during that song that you found it difficult to actually sing these words. But God wants you to know He has not let you down. That there is a breaking in the storm that is coming. That in the midst of the storm, when, when everything seems oppressive, God's protective hand is still present. Although you don't sense it as much today, although you don't feel it as much today, God's protective hand is keeping you and you don't realize it. sing this again and if you are struggling with this song if you're struggling with feeling like that God has truly not let you down I'm just going to encourage you one of the ways to break some of the things the attacks of the enemy is for you to step out in faith and I'm going to invite you to come to the front find a place in worship and begin to declare the words of God that he has not let you down that He has not forgot you, that He has not abandoned you. His Word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes we actually have to declare that with our own words, with our own mouth, and, and begin to see God break the things that are holding us. So I invite you to come, to find a place and just begin to worship God because worship is the precursor to God's uh, presence being released in fullness in our lives. Let God do what He wants to do in you here today. Let's continue to worship here for a bit. As the Lord leads you, just step out in faith. Let the King of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in my ways. Oh, He is my soul. And let the King of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the anchor of my days. Oh, it is my soul. You are good. 
his presence here for a moment. Just linger here. Hallelujah, Jesus. I believe God's still trying to do something. Praise you, Father.
feel like God's given you a word, something that he wants the body to hear, I'm just going to invite you to come. of the adversities we um, are facing in our world today, not only in our world, but individually in our lives. His blood covers it. His blood delivers. His blood heals. His blood redeems. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood. And I was just reminded today to remind us of that resource, that drawing on his strength and remembrance of his blood and his power that cleanses and heals. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. You know, the blood was shed for us, but it's up to us to apply it. up to us to apply it. Even as we um, participated in this act of communion, it's uh, the work of Christ is, uh, is sufficient to meet all of our needs, and yet it is dependent upon us availing ourselves of it. It is not forced on us. We have to invite him in. We have to welcome him in. Another old song, you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. You know, it is, uh, it is from the heart um, that 
everything begins to happen in our lives. And so if our heart uh, is not right, we don't enter his presence right. If our heart's not right, nothing else will go right. Everything else will seem wrong. Everything, people will seem like the problem. Church will seem like the problem. When our heart is not right, a lot of other things seem like the problem. But the reality is, it starts with us. We have to be made right. We have to apply the blood. Praise God. You can be seated. I I believe this leads into um, the message today where we're going. Worship team, thank you. Just so you all know, I will want you to come back um, at the end of service there. Because I believe there's some things that God's still trying to do. Um, How many of you have ever experienced hunger? You know, sometimes we think, you know, I went on a fast for, you know, a meal, and I, by, by lunch, I mean, I really knew what hunger was like, <laughs> you know. People will do um, strange things. They'll do uh, extravagant, they'll do aggressive things for hunger. They'll steal. They'll eat bugs. How many of you have ever eaten bugs because you were hungry? <laughs> I haven't. People tried to feed me bugs once, but I wasn't that hungry, evidently. So, they eat plants. They'll eat whatever they can find to get food. (laughs) They'll eat cardboard. Have you ever been so hungry that you thought a piece of cardboard looked good? I remember growing up in some pretty difficult times. Um, how many of you have ever had a ketchup sandwich? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I remember a time in our home, um, we didn't have a lot of money, you know, and um, there were some days that we had bread and ketchup. That was it. There was, there was nothing else <laughs> to put on. Um, I, I remember my mom would get a pound of uh, ground beef and flour and, and milk, and she'd make hamburger gravy with just a small amount of hamburger in it to actually give it some flavor, and we'd have that over a piece of bread. You know, I remember those days. Um, I remember, uh, you know, going and, and, sh- and, and just going to school, being excited to go to school because I could get a full meal, you know. My dad always did his best, but we, there were days, there were times there were just, there wasn't a lot. Now, I praise God that his provision uh, took care of us. But I remember, I kind of remember today, but it's been a while, you know, what hunger was like. You know, I, I've done some, you know, three and five day fasts before, and I kind of remember, you know, you touch on a little bit of what it means to be hungry. But see, there's, there's still that mental awareness that food's available. When, even when you're fasting, there is this, this piece that is still present that you know food is just in the other room and you can go eat it. 
But I think there is a hunger that God wants us to experience that is beyond what we've ever experienced today. And I think our faith, our relationship with God has been affected because we have not truly understood what it means to be hungry for the things of God. I accepted Christ at the age of 16 as my Lord and Savior. Um, you know, people say I found Christ. Well, I didn't find Christ. Christ was never lost. Um, but I became aware of the work of Christ on the cross for me at the age of 16. That was my, that was my first encounter of my life with uh, a Jesus that had died for me was at 16. And uh, I was a mess. I was a wreck. Um, I was messed up. I was broken. I was hurting. I, I so wanted to experience um, something life-giving. Have you ever felt just dead? And yet you, you knew you were still at a heartbeat. You knew you were still alive, but you're thinking, oh, I just, there's got to be more to life than this. And that's where I was. And I, I was only 16. <laughs> but my life up to that point, I just was so miserable. You know, I, I, have, I have no fond memories of family time. Of, of things that I enjoyed prior to that because I lived in a situation where death really was the mentality of the home, you know, where there was nothing life-giving. Um, <laughs> my uh, wife commented on uh, um, something this morning and uh, not trying to, you know, uh, make my son-in-law feel, uh, you know, embarrass him here, but she was reading the nursery sign-in, and as, as Michael signs in his kids to the nursery, you know, it asks if there's any allergies or any instructions, and he gives instructions like speak life over them, uh, prophesy over His instructions are to empower them uh, to live differently, and, and I love that. I didn't have that. How many of you grew up in a home where you had nothing life-giving coming at you? You know, I am. Um, I never realized how much that affected me until this year. Uh, I, I never realized the shell, the walls that I had built to not allow me to feel. Until this year. I am 53 years old. <laughs> I have been out of my home since... I left home um, at uh, 18, 19 years old when I went to college. And, and I have never gone back to live at home since 19. Um, I never wanted to go back into that environment. But I never realized that... I built walls to shield me from ever feeling. And this year, 
there was an awareness that was created in me that although I, I, I said that I was at peace, it was a layer of peace. I mean, I know I'm saved. There is no doubt in my, in my heart that Jesus has saved me from my sins. He, he's forgiven me. There's no doubt of his provision in my life. I know that. But have you ever felt like there's just, there's more that you've not touched in yet, on yet? See, that's where I, that's where I came to this year. I, I came to a place in my life where I realized that what I'm currently experiencing can't be all that Christ died for. And it's not that I have a bad life. It's just, I realize there's more. There's more. And to be completely at peace requires an awareness of all the things that are going on internally. See, I'd like to believe that each one of you here today are completely at peace with God. But if, if what I've come to the realization of in my own life is, you know, even, I mean, I have read, I've read through the Bible so many times since I was uh, 16. I, I've prayed, you know, probably, you know, I don't know, 100,000 times over those 50 years, you know, 40 years of serving God, you know, 30-some, whatever, you do the math. Math isn't my top suit. 34, thank you. 34 years. I don't know. I mean, there have been days I've prayed 50, 100 times in a day. You know, Thessalonians says to pray continually, and, and there are days where it's like, that's all I've done. It's like every, I get up and I pray, and throughout the day, and I'm praying because, uh, you know, I knew things weren't right, and, and I couldn't pinpoint it. I couldn't put my, my finger on what was the problem. I, I remember when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Um, from that point on, I began to question my, I questioned my faith. Am I making this up? Now, Hear me, I don't think I was that creative at 16 to come up with a language. Let me correct that. I was not that creative at 16 to come up with a language, but I questioned, I began to question everything about my faith because it didn't make sense. <laughs> Why would Jesus die for me? <laughs> Why would he do all this for me? And I began to pursue him. With everything that was in me, I, I dedicated my life to wanting to understand the fullness of God and, and realizing along the way that uh, there were things that I had to overcome, some bondages, some challenges, some, some things that were the, the product of my upbringing. 
And this week as I was preparing, as I was dealing with this next beatitude, I began to understand even more so the layers that are present in a relationship with God. You know, Scripture talks about growing from faith to faith. We don't come in to a relationship with God understanding everything, having everything figured out, being able to do everything that is necessary from that moment forward simply because we said yes to Jesus. God gently nudges us along the way, taking us into a place of greater awareness of His presence and the things that are available to us. Our fourth beatitude is this, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. About three months ago, I started on a new medication, and uh, it leaves me with this constant um, cotton mouth, this constant feeling of being thirsty. I am thirsty all the time. And it's no matter what I drink, it does not quench that thought. It does not quench that feeling. And I'll be honest, I'm not always hungry. Because <laughs> I, um, I have plenty of food. But I began to understand just a little bit what it is to be so thirsty for something to quench that desire. See, I believe that we all need, we all need to have this desire for the Word of God and His righteousness, for His uprightness, for that right standing position with God that pushes us deeper into our faith than we ever imagined we could go. We all do. I, I, don't, I don't care who you are. You need to have a desire for more of God and, and the things of God than you currently have. And if you don't have that, let me just tell you, your faith is not moving in the direction that God wants it to. Because this world will want to convince you that it has enough to quench whatever you desire. But the things that this world presents to you will never satisfy. There's a song that we used to sing in the church years ago. It says, there is a river that flows from deep within. There is a fountain that cleanses all from sin. Come to the waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. Christ is an ever-flowing river for those who hunger and thirst for His righteousness. But for us to do that, for us to experience that, we have to begin to hunger and thirst for more of God. 
Hunger and thirst. Those are your first two blanks on your fill in there. The Greek words used here to express this hunger and thirst, they, they have tied to them this passionate longing for something which that they cannot live without. See, when, when, when Jesus is talking about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, he's talking about you having this passionate longing, this desire for something that you recognize you can't live without. Now, unfortunately, many times we can live without many things that God wants us to have. We can survive. We don't need church. We don't need people. We don't need the word. Now, we really do. We just don't realize it. The world lulls us into this place of just being satisfied with little bits of God. And now they'll flood us with things. The world, will, the, the world has overstimulated us to the point where the things of God, if, if we don't have this, this rip-roaring service that you know, almost parts your hair for those who have it, we don't feel like God's moved. What would happen if you came into church today and there was no music? There were people that were spread out in the altar here and all they're doing is praying. There's nothing to stimulate you. There's nothing telling you. Thus saith the word of the Lord that today's service was all about you getting something from God. And you, your responsibility, the obligation placed on you, is that you stay here until God shows up in your life. Until you hear from God. Now, I'd like to believe every one of you would just stay. <laughs> I'd like to believe that. I'm not saying you wouldn't. But I know... The first Sunday we did that, yeah, okay, I think that, that was novel. You know, that's great, Pastor, great, good idea. You, we need to get closer to God. Week two, God. Pastor, I, what, are you, what are you doing? Week three, I think I can watch this online. I think God's calling me to watch this online this week. Week four, there's got to be something else on TV. Because when it is placed upon us to hear from God for ourselves, and we're doing it in front of other people, then everybody's watching us, and they're wanting to see what God's going to do for us individually. <laughs> There's this pressure mounting. It's like, if God doesn't show up for me today, everybody's going to know it. And, um, and they're going to realize that my faith isn't as deep as I've been telling everybody. As if people are actually thinking that. As if anybody actually cares of the response 
that God brings to you. Because everybody's got their own personal stuff. Every, every day that I pray, I pray, Lord, give me a word. Every day. I, I, I pray. I pray for the people of, of this church. I pray for our community. And I pray, Lord, give me a word that today I can share something from you that will touch somebody else's life. And this week I changed. I said, Lord, give me a word today that will challenge me because I'm not content with where I'm at. <laughs> um, last year was a miserable year for me. It was, a, it was a miserable year for me. I was struggling with the death of my friend, a spiritual mother. I'd become aware of grief that touched the very depth of my soul. And yet, every week I had to come with a message. Every week I had to come and encourage. And I questioned everything about myself because I was broken. And it was in that breaking time that God was preparing me to hear. Psalm 42, 1 through 3 says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? John MacArthur shared that a starving person has a single, all-consuming passion. And that is for food and water, nothing else. And we are not hungry enough yet for the things of God. Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. I seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you at a dry and weary land where there is no water. The question I'm faced with this morning is, how hungry am I for the things of God? I am tired of coming to church stuffed, thinking I can't eat another bite, when the reality is I'm just not hungry for God. I've filled myself up with so many things that have nothing to do with God's presence. Do you realize that when you allow your life to be full of everything but God, there becomes this, um, this poison inside of your soul that you begin to speak vile things about other people. You begin to think things that you should never think. 
you begin to speak things that you should never speak. You're never happy. You're never content because your life is filled with poison. What are you full of today? Isaiah 55, 2 says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for things that do not satisfy? Church, we need to begin to hunger and thirst. What guides you? What is the light that directs your gaze? What is your motivation? What do you long for? Is... There's something pulling you. Is there something that you want so bad? It can't be just another worship encounter. It can't be another sporting event. Jesus says it has to be righteousness. See, I believe our second point, you know, our second thing that we're dealing with today is righteousness. And righteousness has two expressions. See, righteousness in human standards is defined as the quality of being morally true. Morally true or justifiable. This justification is made according to conformity to uh, society and the standards that society has set. The Apostle Paul really covers this well in Philippians 3, 3 3-6. He says, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. When I rely on what Christ has done, when we... We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human efforts. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded or demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. See, this is, this is what a humanly approach to the pursuit of righteousness is. It is about making sure that you live by the law. And it's all about what you've done in front of man that makes the difference. But in righteousness in its deeper spiritual meaning, righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, including character, which is your nature, conscience, which is your attitude, conduct, which is your action, and command, which is your words. So when you are focusing on being right with God, what others say is not important. 
It's not, it doesn't matter if everybody else will pat you on the back and say, great job, you did well in this area, you, you, you have so much to be proud of. You've accomplished so much. No, it doesn't matter. What matters is that when God looks down on you, he sees you and he's able to say, well done, good and faithful child. You have been faithful to the things that I've set before you. Because the things of God, the things that God is looking for us to accomplish will not always elevate us in the eyes of man, but they will always bring us to a place of, of perfect vision before God. And God is saying to us in his word, Jesus is instructing the disciples that we have to hunger and we have to thirst for this attitude, this desire of being seen in God's eyes as, as right. And this will be manifested in our nature, in our attitude, in our actions, in our words. These, it is all these different quadrants. It, it, it really embraces every aspect of life. When we, are made, when we are walking in an attitude of being right with God, others will see and experience us differently because what is happening is we are living before God the way He wants us to. Paul goes on in Philippians 3 expounding on this whole aspect of righteousness before God in verses 7 through 10. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, all the things that he had accomplished before, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Church, a, a desire that embraces the things of God, the pursuit of God, and hungering and thirsting after righteousness requires us to, to want to experience God in suffering and in the things that he has provided for us in his word. Are you willing to step out in faith and to declare something over an individual in the community as God leads you? Are you willing to pray for a miracle? Are you willing to pray that God would do something so far beyond what this person imagined? that their lives will be forever changed. The pursuit of righteousness is about a way of living that is beyond anything that we have ever experienced in our lives. And, and as I began to understand this, as I began to break this down, I began to understand that what I've currently experienced in my life to this point in 34 years of following Christ has only touched on the surface of what is available in a relationship with God. 
and it's not enough. It's not enough. I feel more wrecked in my life today than ever in my life. And I'm thinking, Lord, what have I missed? And he says a few things. I realize that I have built protective walls to allow me to live in my bubble, my safe zone, because I didn't want to feel, and I didn't want to be vulnerable, and I didn't want to be transparent, and I didn't want, because I didn't want people to think poorly about me, and I didn't want people to, to uh, question this or that. And so I, I lived in a way that everybody could look at me and think, man, he's got it all together. You know, one of the things that people have said about me, and I've, I, I place way too much respect into, is he is like a pillar. He just, nothing ever affects him. Nothing ever, nothing ever bothers him. And that is a lie. <laughs> I just know, I know how to shove it so deep and bury it. You know, every unkind thing that anybody has ever said about me in the church, you know, for, you know, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And I'm thinking, I just bury him. Because I don't ever want to give, my, my thing was I never wanted to give anybody any power over my life. But what I did was I just kept building this wall bigger and bigger so that nobody could get close. And I am so hungry for the things of God. Jesus said, for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. I love a good filling. I was going to buy a bunch of cream-filled donuts for you all to look at this morning. But I knew I would eat them. <laughs> I remember one time my, um, I don't know, for one party, I don't know what it was for, uh, Tabby made some donuts with cream filling. And she said, Dad, you understand, that's just all fat. It's like, what's the problem? It's like, yeah, and it is good. But you know what? It's the filling that makes it don't. Who in the world just wants to eat a piece of cake with nothing on it? Nothing inside of it, at least. All right, miss. Huh? There are a few of you out there. I'm sorry. That is not me. I love the filling that is available. And the more the better. I, if I go and I buy a cream-filled donut, now my wife likes the custard. I, I'm, I'm the cream-filling guy. 
and, it, and I bite into it. And have you ever got one of those donuts where you bite into it and there's this little flake of cream on the center? And you want to go back and present this donut and say, I asked for cream filling. I didn't ask for a cream dusting. I want the filling. And as I read in the Word this morning, you know, Matthew 23, 28 says, Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Matthew 13, 18 and 19 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. See, when what is inside of us is not right, poison comes out. When what is inside of us is not, when our heart is not right before God, you will think bad things about other people. You will react out of anger. You will say all kinds of things. Out of your heart will come murdering, stealing, bearing false witness, blasphemy, Adultery, all kinds of evil thoughts. They come from your heart because you've not allowed a cleansing to take place. Church, it's the filling that makes the difference. What are you filled with? What are you pouring in? When we pursue the things of God, God does the filling. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Psalm 34, 8 through 10 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Worship team, if you'd come. Church, what are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for today? I am wrecked on the inside. Now the positive is this. God is healing. Every layer that He unfolds, some of the pain, He begins to bring healing. But I have to choose 
to let him unfold those things. Um, on Monday, last Monday, I went back to my doctor re- with, regarding my leg, and uh, he was talking about, he said, he said, really, you've come a long way in, in the three weeks since he had seen me last. He said, he said, I can do, he said, you have two options. He said, I think just keep doing the exercises I've given you. And he, and I said, I said, he said, probably two or three weeks, you're probably going to be, or he said, I could really work you over hard today and, and might shorten that. But he said, it's really going to hurt. He said, it's going to touch every possible muscle around that knee. And he said, it's. Um, he said, it's going to hurt. He said, most people just opt for the three weeks. But I'm not a good opt for three weeks person. If I can fix something today, I'd rather endure 30 minutes of pain. And I was telling my wife, one of my problems is, it's like, God, I keep telling God, just can you just rip it off? <laughs> can you just, right now, today, I will be a mess all day long. Deal with it all. Because I just want it out of the way. (laughs) I want to move forward. And God said no. Because this is a a journey that we're on together. And every every layer that we unfold, we walk together and and you become stronger through this process. So he said, we're going to take this a little at a time. And we're going to bring healing and restoration. And so he's working on some areas. I'm not, I can't go into all of that. It's, it's none of your business. But, I, but I'm just telling you, it's between God and I, and he and, our wor- he and I are working on some things. Some people think, oh, I got to let everybody know. No, just stop. Just let God begin to peel back the layers that you've covered over, the pains in your life, and let Him bring healing. If you will hunger and thirst for that place of being in a a right standing position before God, God's going to do something in your life that you never imagined. Lord, today we come. lives before you. Bring healing. 
much more of God available to each one of us. I pray that this week you begin to hunger and thirst for more of God that drives you to your knees. Opening your heart to the things that God's trying to do in you. If you sense a seed of bitterness, a seed of anger, a seed of... uh, resentment Um, look to your heart and see what God's trying to do Lord we thank you for your presence here today we thank you that your desire is to fill us overflowing with your righteousness Continue to challenge us, opening opening us up to the things that you have for us. We thank you. Hallelujah. This evening at 6.30, our uh, women will be meeting in the fellowship hall downstairs and uh, uh, continuing on in Proverbs chapter, what chapters again? 11 on. So start at 11, just read the rest of it this afternoon so that you're prepared. Um, 11 through 20. Just read the rest of the Bible from Proverbs 11 on and come ready for discussion tonight. Um, That's called hunger and thirsting for the world. hunger and thirsting, yeah. Um. Our and men's group, we, had, uh, we met this last week, and so we don't meet this coming Tuesday. It'll be August 11th. I think it is the next time we come together. And so um, also next Sunday evening, 5 o'clock at the Miracle House, we're going to be having uh, uh, all kinds of hot dogs, chili dogs, cheese dogs, whatever you want to put on it. Bring some desserts and some uh, side dishes and come out. We're going to, uh, we're just going to have a time of fellowship out at their house. If you don't know where they live, talk to them. They'll get you there. Um, But it's just going to be an amazing time. We want you all to come out and be part of it. Bring your lawn chairs. Um, There may even be a bonfire. He's got all kind of wood there, you know. He's always cutting woods. Maybe we'll, you know, have a little bonfire. It looks like it's going to be a great week for temperatures, you know, in the 70s all week. Praise God. Um, so it's just going to be a great time. We invite you to come out and be part. And uh, any other announcements before we receive the offering? All right. Madison's birthday is next Saturday. All right. That's always something to celebrate. Um, <laughs> praise God. Yes, amen. All righty. So, um, ushers come. Let's wait to find you for a morning tithes and offering.
Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Bless this offering. Uh, multiply it. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives, all the things you do to uh, provide for uh, what we have need of. Um, we ask for this in your name. Amen. Praise God. If you are worshiping with us online, uh, please share a comment with us and uh, let us know um, what you received out of service today. And uh, I just encourage those of you that are here uh, to uh, take opportunity to share with someone this week uh, the things that you're hungering and thirsting after, uh, things that God's trying to do in your life. So God bless you all. Love on one another today.